welcome to the Everybody Soccer Podcast. This is your host, Bill Reno. I'm going to start the podcast off today with a little bit of a down note. Uh, in case you didn't hear, SoccerOverThere.com ended their site uh, six years on the day. And if you don't know what Soccer Over There is, uh, it's really unfortunate because they're they're one of the few sites when they first started to give uh, good content for view, for readers. So 2010 they started up and uh, it, essentially it was just kind of a hub for all the links of you know any recent news developments on uh, U.S. soccer and it, it was really cool because it's just kind of all in one place, real quick, really easy to use, uh, real straightforward. Um, and personally, you know, I, I have a, a you know big place in my heart for soccer there because uh, Matt, the the site's editor, or, and I guess the guy who ran it, essentially uh, invited me to, to write on the site when I was essentially a nobody. I still am a nobody. Um, but it was still very cool and I was very thankful to, to be asked to be on the site. And so, um, my, my big, inter- or one of my first big interviews I had with, was with Alan Mayer, who was a U.S. goalie in the 1970s. And, uh, somehow it snagged an interview with him. And then, you know, I talked to Matt about putting it on his site and he was totally cool with it and, um, put it up there. And it, it was great because we have this hour and a half long talk between Alan and I and, um, you know, just, uh, you know, of course, 1970s U.S. soccer isn't really flushed out in a whole lot. So uh, as far as like, the history side of it, I was really excited, but I was also really uh, proud to be part of, of something bigger. And so, um, I, and, and and at that point, kind of a, a side note, I was a little bit <laughs> not on a hot streak with, with my writing. So I, I had my site, just some silly WordPress at the time, and uh, I had written an article uh, slashing something that uh, ASN had put out. And so their editor uh, wasn't too happy about it, which it was kind of funny because his article was about the, the state of um, the U.S. defenders at the time. And he just goes through and blasts him with like one sentence like, oh, this person, not playing good. Nope, he's not good. And not, you know, not really providing any sort of backup to it. And it was overall a pretty weak article, you know, uh, not really a, a, any standard for journalism. So... I just wrote something back that I didn't think it was very good, and then you know we exchanged emails and uh, things got pretty heated, and so it was it was kind of funny of just being this nobody and this New York Times editor who was now working at ASN was uh, you know calling me out, which was kind of ironic that you know he had written about people playing bad, but you know his writing wasn't so great at that time, and so it was just kind of you know kind of funny looking back now, but at the time I wasn't really thrilled with was going on and so I was very thankful for Matt inviting me on so um yeah you know it, it was it was cool I was glad to be a part of it you know six years was a great run and you know even looking forward now assuming the site will stay up I think it'll be a really great resource of looking back in history with all you know Matt did a very good job of cataloging everything and tagging everything so uh it won't be hard looking back to trying to find certain stuff or you know this this or that um it, it honestly would be a really nice resource for the you know, six years may not seem like a whole lot, but it will be a really nice resource looking back of trying to find something specific on U.S. soccer. So thanks again, Matt, for running that. Thanks for, for having me involved with that. It was a, it was a big plus. Um, you know, all the best going forward. Uh, you know, hope, hopefully we can survive without soccer over there just as uh, best we can. On to the actual goalkeeping side of things. We've had two veteran goalkeepers be attached to two MLS clubs. So, of course, we all have heard of Tim Howard probably probably by now of his connection to Colorado and of course Clint Irwin had gotten sent to Toronto and you know the re- the recent buzz is that 
Howard is going to finish the season with Everton, finish up in May, and then come over. And you know, in the meantime, Zach McMath is going to you know head the ship for I guess that makes it about two months there, and then you know Howard will come over. But you know, reality the the Copa America is probably going to pull Howard away again. So you know, McMath is going to have a, a good half season, if not more. Uh, with starting for Colorado, assuming he doesn't, you know, lose his job and he comes out strong. So I, I don't think this is a bad gig for McMath. Again, I, I don't think this is a good fit for Colorado, but uh, you know, we've we've already talked about that. But as far as McMath goes, you know, he starts for half a year and then he gets to play behind uh, one of one of the best U.S. goalkeepers of all time. So I think there is is still a big plus here for McMath. I'm sure he's not really excited about not starting again, but. You know, he's still at a very young age uh, where he still can be learning a lot. And I'm, I'm really glad he sat this last year to kind of reset, um, you know, as, as frustrating as maybe to be on the bench. I think he's going to be better off for it. So, um, you know, you know, we'll see going forward here with Colorado, what's going to actually you know, shake out and how, how it's going to work out. Um, uh, and then the other club was New York City being tied with Iker Casillas, who, uh, again, you know, I'm not really a big fan of, of this. I, I think New York has more pressing needs, and, and really, you know, I think Arsenal is a really great case study of the perfect time to bring in a elite goalkeeper. That they, they bring in Petr Cech, who really puts them in the running this season. Now, you know, if you're fighting a relegation battle, you're kind of mid table, or you know, you're not making playoffs in MLS, or you, you know, you're right on that cusp. You know, to be honest. I I would I don't want to say 100 percent of the time, but most of the time, you've got more pressing needs than than getting a an elite goalkeeper. I really don't think the the goalkeeper aspect of it is going to bump you from mid table to slightly higher, uh, or you know at the very least he's, he's not going to give you from mid table to be a contender. So um, you know if this was like Galaxy, Seattle, Portland. Um, you know, one of those clubs like Columbus, New York Red Bulls. If, if this is one of those clubs of trying to get an elite goalkeeper, it'd make a little bit more sense. But it's just odd that New York City, you know, surely have something bigger. But of course, you know, they love the big names there, so it's not a huge surprise. It's just, it's not a great idea on their part. So um, those are two big names now. We, we, Casillas is a little more unsure. Howard seems to be a, a set deal that's going to go uh, through in May, but Casillas, we're not quite sure how that's going to play out. But um, you know, you'll, we'll see between those two goalkeepers uh, if they both come over of, of their impact of the league. Continuing on with Tim Howard, uh, there was a great podcast from Howler Magazine. Uh, of course, Howler is great in itself. You know, no, <laughs> not, not to apply anything there, but an even greater podcast uh, that they put out on Tim Howard uh, of a recent play. And you know, personally, when I saw it, uh, I thought immediately that uh, I guess I had a very negative reaction to the play. So, But what happens in the play, there's a ball played back to Howard. You know, Howard in goal. It's from Howard's right. And it's kind of a tight play. And Howard tries to go to clear it out. And then a striker comes in. Howard is a little bit... Howard, Howard's just a step behind and ends up clearing out the striker. And originally, for me, I'm just... You know, I, I, I've been kind of on a negative streak. You know, obviously, I had not been hiding that. But... Um, you know, watching the play, I, I really thought, oh, that's that's totally on Howard. And it was great getting the podcast because it's not just random guys talking. We actually have two professionals in. So we have George John, which I'm sure many MLS or FC Dallas fans will remember that name, that defender there who's um, been with uh, NYCFC for a little bit now. Where he's kind of got a big question mark for his future. But 
you know, a pretty well-spoken guy, knows what he's talking about, been around the game, so he, he's in, but we also have Matt Pistrowski, who, you know, I've interviewed on uh, my side as well, so uh, both both the guys, oh, and Pistrowski, obviously a goalkeeper, so, but both the guys um, really know their stuff, um, and, and it's really cool hearing it from a player's perspective on the play, and so, and, and they don't even really talk in definitive like this is definitely what happens you know it's really cool hearing them explore different ideas and you know as pundits writers analysts we watch something and say oh it's it's black and white it's this um and, and i think it was, i forget who it was but i think it was george john who actually kind of flip-flops on the on the issue of whose fault it is and so um the, the links on my uh on my podcast page you can go there but even if you just uh go to howler podcast you can find it there um the the title of the podcast is Siggy's in the shower, comma, playing out of the back. And the first part there is with uh, Thomas Rongen, who uh, I don't, I skipped that to be honest, but I heard it was good. <laughs> but uh, I just went straight to the thing on Tim Merrick because I re- really want to hear those opinions of that. And and I, I love it because the the players, specifically Pistrowski, because you know, he's a goalie, and obviously I was very interested in that. But just the whole thing, it was really great to hear from a player perspective and not just some random person talking. And, um, you know, they're offering insight that you know I don't have that you don't have, um, and so it, it, it's not you know just an easy article to go through. You know, it's about 14, 15 minutes to listen to. But uh, if you're if you're interested in the player mindset and little kind of smaller things on the field, it's definitely worth worth your time. This weekend we saw the U.S. top Iceland three to two in dramatic fashion with a late uh, goal at the end from Steve Bernbaum to make it three two. Um, and a U.S. victory, and this is coming off a pretty disappointing 2015. So it was nice on a big scale to just have the U.S. get off to a good start. But uh, in goal, we had Luis Robles, the New York Red Bulls goalkeeper, who um, had two goals scored on him. The the first goal was off a deflection, pretty unfortunate. Um, you know, there's not really a whole lot to say there, kind of your typical deflection, you know, uh, you know, that's fine. I didn't really have anything on Robles. But the second goal was pretty interesting, and, um, on the heels of the Howler podcast of uh, not being so definitive, I guess it, it really kind of reset my mind a little bit because when you when you look at the play, Robles is is well protecting his front post, and um, the the reason why he's doing this most likely is because uh, Burnbaum, who ends up being the hero of the game, actually kind of screws him a little bit because the the, the sight line. For Robles is blocked by Burnbaum if Robles is going to be where his position is be. So you think of, for a goalie, typically you think of where the ball is. You imagine that there's an imaginary line from the ball to the very center of the goal line. And then uh, the goalie is on that line essentially. And as the ball rotates from the left side of the field to the right side of the field, as that line moves, you know, you, you create an arc in front of the goal essentially. And uh, that's where the goalie is supposed to stand. So and that's not like a perfect, you know, there's definitely situational stuff, but essentially, you know, 99% of the time, that's where it's supposed to be. Well, Robles is well off his mark to the right. And so, uh, and Burnbaum is on the line. So you think of it this way, uh, if if the ball's in, in point A and then the middle of the goal's point B and you, you want the goalkeeper to be on that line there, well, Burnbaum's already on the line as well. So Robles is kind of in a tough spot here of, it, it, with his vision being blocked. And so the, the goal, you know, you're welcome to go look at it. Um, it's a good goal, nothing to take away from the goal, but uh, the the ball's a little bit too Robles' right. It's a little outside the the width of the goal. 
um, not quite a 45 degree angle, not quite to the corner, but you know, kind of in that area. And Robles has shifted to the front post. You know, maybe, man, maybe he's a foot away from it. He's extremely on on, on the near post, and the ball gets bent in to Robles's left, the back post there, and it kind of whips in. And it's a pretty common goal. You, you see that shot a lot. It's a pretty popular goal in FIFA. Um, you know, it wasn't wasn't a huge. It wasn't really unique in that sense, but it was a good goal. But Burnbaum puts Robles in this tight spot. So uh, Robles has a decision to make of well. Do I stay stay on my line here with my vision blocked, or do I slide to the near post? Now, personally, I still like to see Robles on that line um, because even if he can't see the ball, we've still got some cues there of uh, the the sound of it, the ball being struck. We've got body movement. We've got you know tend to you can see body motion of you know what it looks like a shot's being taken from not only a shooter but even just your defenders of you know flinching and kind of turning. So there's still information to be got from the shot being taken, even if you can't see the ball being struck. So I still like to see Robles on that line. Um, but, you know, that said, I think a bigger problem here, well, definitely a bigger problem is the defense. There's more of a problem on defense than the goalie in this situation. So, you know, I, more, more on Birdbomb here for really being in a position to uh, be turned, essentially. You know, he, he's at an angle that his... his uh, you know, he can be turned back into the middle of the field instead of continuing to push him out to the corner. Um, so he, Burnbaum really kind of screws Robles here. So he, honestly, he, he's at most fault here um, uh, on this goal situation. But with Robles, there's also a problem here we see with the rhetoric of don't get beat in your post. And I think that's something where, we, or the reason why we see Robles shift so hard to his near post. And and so you, you can even see at one point when he, he's tracking back to the goal line that he kind of checks his shoulder to look where the near post is so he can line up with that. So, you know, I, I think that's problematic um, to have that mindset. And, you know, obviously I don't know what Robos was thinking on this, but I would be surprised if that wasn't in his head to some degree. And then also I, I think we can have a little bit more communication from Robles who, um, it, you know, it's off a, off a counter, it's off a bad turnover from the U.S., um, who I, I guess – in that sense, you could also blame that person. I, I don't, I'm don't, i not quite sure where the turnover started from, but, you know, that obviously is a problem. But I'd still like to see Robles direct Burnbaum a little bit of, you know, hey, push him out wide, push him wide. Don't let him get back to his right foot. You know, delay, delay, a little bit more pressure. You know, so, something there to to direct and instruct Burnbaum what exactly he wants him to do because Robles is obviously in a tight spot. So, in the day, it, it's more on the field players on this one than Robles, but... As the ball goes in, you know, it's still still about two yards away from the back post. You know, it's not upper 90 in any sense. It's just been in t towards that area. So I think Robles could have definitely helped himself a little bit more on this. But, uh, you know, there, there are bigger things at play than that. Last couple things here. Uh, on the site, you can find a new interview with Jeanette Williams, who is a goalkeeper playing in Iceland. And she has a really awesome story of how she went from uh, Robert, Robert Morris University, which is an NAIA school, and started playing just recently in Iceland's Premier Division uh, with, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the, the club name, but I'm just going to say FH, because that is a commonly accepted uh, acronym for them. But the 30-letter um, club name was a, a little daunting for me. So, um, you know, one, first of all, congrats to Jeanette for uh, reaching that. And that, that's a, a really great story that honestly isn't getting enough publicity as it is. 
right as it should be. Um, so I, I, w I was happy to jump on that and kind of share that story. But uh, also too, it, it was really cool of, uh, hearing her talk about you know what it's like over there and kind of getting her way up to the top. So it's a little, you know it's not a huge interview. It's, it's a short one there. Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's short. It, it, she talks in length. It's just five questions, but but she gives some really good answers and some feedback there. So um, please go check that out and kind of see what uh, she has to say about you know trying to play overseas there. And then the very last thing we're talking about the goalkeeper Royale. So last week we had James Bond win uh, in pretty big uh, margin. He had 44% over second place of Sterling Archer at 22, and then Rick Grimes from Walking Dead and Buffy Summers from Buffy uh, both split at 17. So. Uh, I think James Bond, to be honest, had a little bit of the popularity vote because uh, the other three aren't as iconic. To be fair, to be fair, but um, you know, I, th I think James Bond kind of won off that alone. But we'll see later rounds how he does. Um, as far as the runner runner ups go, you know, it's it's tough right now to see where it's going to sort out. It looks like you're really going to need over twenty percent, if not twenty five, to move on. So. Sterling, Ar Sterling Archer is right on that cusp of you know if, if he's going to make the next round or not because we take some of the second we take some of the runner ups into the next round so we'll see about Sterling Archer really doesn't look great for Rick Grimes or Buffy Summer so you know uh, kudos to them for their their best efforts but this next week we'll have our sixth installment of the goalkeeper Royale and uh, this week we'll be having Doctor so we have four this week we've got uh, Doctor Who. Uh, which I know some of you would say, well, he's got superpowers. I get that. I don't think that involves his goalkeeping abilities because if you ever watch the show, he like routinely gets knocked out. So that I mean, he's not even to like a, a concussion or it's like a blow to the head. He he can still, you know, he's still that mortal. And yes, he regenerates, but you know, I I don't think it affects his goalkeeping. So we threw him in there. Uh, we have Doctor Watson from Sherlock, and we have Doctor Cox from Scrubs, and then we also have Doctor Ian Malcolm played by Jeff Goldblum in the ever-popular Jurassic Park. So four pretty solid doctors there. Um, and again, you can search at hashtag GKRoyale uh, on Twitter to find that poll. Uh, and you know that poll's going to be up for two days. I'm going to vote for that and see who's going to move on to the next round. Uh, right now, the, the, the character that's done the best has been Link, who was at 50%, um, just ran, ran the vote there so so links looking the strongest right now but we do have some uh other good ones and so uh, i'll give a little teaser for next week we're looking at tv uh comedy fictional comedian characters um or, or com comedic characters i guess you're not comedians but uh you know four funny tv characters so you, you can see that next week but this week we've got the four doctors uh so take a look at that and go go vote on that so they can uh, move on to the next round Thanks for stopping by. Again, go check everybodysoccer.com for that Jeanette Williams interview. As well, as you, if you click on the podcast link, you'll find some links to uh, the previously mentioned um, you know, podcasts and other little stuff there. So um, go check that out, and you can come by next week when we yet again talk about American goalkeepers. <laughs> <laughs>